Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week my co-host Robert and I are doing our second of three Halloween specials. This week we'll take a look at some spooky mansion-based games, which include Luigi's Mansion 3 and The Haunted Mansion for PS2. We'll also talk a little about Ghost of Tsushima Legends and this week's news stories, including the release of Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. Follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. So I'm a little concerned with the idea that there is a fast food gaming promotion going on right now. I don't know if you've heard. Hmm? What? You know, where they're giving away PlayStation 5s and stuff. Oh, that. I was I was confused for a second. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the idea for, for a gaming meal, I'm pretty sure we had talked about that quite a while back with our main mission meal. Yeah. So, I don't know how I feel about this. I know that I'd like to win if I went into that fast food place and tried to get one of their special gamer meals, but I just don't know how I feel about there being another competitive gaming meal on the market. Mm. I mean, it all you get is just the brand, and then you have a chance to win a set game or console. I mean, are their meals themed like ours? Do they have, you know, Deluxe Edition, Super Deluxe Edition, Steelbook Edition? No, I don't think so. Do, does theirs come with toys? Uh, I mean, it come. I mean, I guess you can count it as a toy, whatever they're giving out. Hmm. Do they have a Bubsy figure? I don't think, uh, man, I don't know about it. I think that's more of a, a taco thing. Ah, Okay. I don't think they have but, the rights to use them in meals like that. But get this, that taco thing is also doing a game giveaway meal right now. Oh, yeah, they're doing that too. Dang, but, huh. I mean, the platform Bubs that came on for 3D, I mean, that's a match. You can't just go to your competitor. True, true. You gotta keep Bubsy on the PlayStation. Come on now. It, even though I think Wooly Strikes Back was on everything. Yeah. I well, Bubsy the first one was like Genesis and Super Nintendo, and true. It, ha- it had like a game. Um, no, I'm thinking of Conquer. I was like, did it have a Game Boy? It's Conquer that has a Game Boy. What I'm saying is maybe Bubsy betrayed uh, Sega and Nintendo to go over to the PlayStation. Hmm. Mm. Wait, who owns, who owns Bubsy again? Accolade. Accolade. Are they even? They're still around, right? Yeah, I think they made the most recent couple of Bubsy games. See, see, that's why. That's how you know. I'm just saying, Microsoft bought Bethesda. If Sony buys Accolade, they can make all the Bubsy games they want. They can get Blue Point to redo Bubsy 3D. And they don't have to put Bubsy games on the Xbox. Yeah, no. See all this good stuff coming from a fast food promotion. Okay. <laughs> Bro, that. I mean, uh, I don't. I feel like. Does anyone even really win those, like, prizes? I feel like, I guess, one person? Yeah, yeah. On some forums I've been on, a lot of people have told people that they've won on there, and they've, like, shown pictures, you know, through the years. Like, 
these fast food companies do this quite often um especially the the taco one they they do like xbox giveaways every now and then it's like every special edition they do i mean they do like a special gold version of whatever console they're promoting that year they did the they did the one that you press the xbox symbol last year i think it was last year and it makes the taco bell noise <laughs> when you press it instead of oh, the normal beat. i know what you're talking about actually yeah yeah, yeah. it was like isn't that the golden wasn't that gold nacho cheese or something like that it might have been. All I know is that you pressed it and it made the, like, ding from the commercials and stuff. Uh, at this point, honestly, I don't eat at Taco Bell anymore because they got rid of the uh, uh, Doritos Locos Tacos, uh, the Fury ones. Those are my they favorite. They got rid of the Ranch ones, too. Yeah, right? Cool Ranch and Fury are gone. All that's left is the Nacho ones. Like, those are good and all, but, like, Fury and Cool Ranch are really good. But, I, I don't yeah. know. They, like, cut down, like, what, like, uh, like a half of their menu. Yeah, I think back in August or maybe something like that. But let's, I digress here. <laughs> You'd think you're listening to a food critique podcast, but what you are listening to is Markers on the Map. And it's a new episode of our gaming adventure where old and new collide in our vast open world. We've got discussions, we've got news, and we're doing our second Halloween episode. So I'd say if last week's Halloween episode was the surreal uh, Deadly Premonition 2, then this um, episode we can consider this to be our silly episode because the games we're talking about are more of your family-friendly fare, if I got that right. Uh, I mean, the one I'm talking about, it's like rated T, so it's more of the older kid generation, I would say. Okay, but it's still based upon something that's yeah, it came out during typically the, uh... seen as... It came out during the a movie that was to- uh, marketed towards the whole family. Yeah. Um, so our theme will be mansions. We've got a few other things we're going to talk about here and there. Uh, a few multiplayer games. But as usual, we're going to start off with the news. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't just me that thought this was an awfully slow news week. Uh, no, you're not. I don't think you're the only one. It's been pretty slow. It's been pretty dry. Like I said, we've said this before. There's always going to be the dry season where everything's just like everything comes out and we're going to have no news or nothing really interesting come out for a while until obviously it hits during the uh, spring season. But yeah, uh, for particularly this week, yeah, it's been pretty slow. Which is funny because we were like, oh, last week we were saying, oh, the news feels like it's going to ramp up before it goes down. But it just seems like one of those weeks where there's not a whole lot to talk about. Still some things, so let's get right into it. Um, This news story happened literally like right after we recorded the last episode. Um, Avengers Next Gen got delayed till 2021. And Kate Bishop, the first DLC character, also got delayed. Um, Yeah... Just when I was getting ready and ho- like pumped up for some new content, I'm, I mean, it. I don't know, man. It's like I want this game to succeed. Everyone, I, I do too. No one wants to see a game fail. That sucks when a game fails, but they're just not hitting. They're just not hitting the target. They're not hitting their marks. They're they're delaying it. It just reminds me of Anthem. They're whole they had a road to like the anthem road and they're gonna do this stuff and then they delayed everything and then they just didn't care they're just like oh whatever we're just not gonna release nothing that kind of reminds me of right now so i hope that's not the case let's hope it's not like a complete like mirroring of the anthem situation that wouldn't be the greatest like outcome here 
um what i was thinking is like this is a game that came out in september yeah of 2020 which is two months before the ps5 version maybe this should have been kind of developed with ps5 and xbox series x or s i guess and x in mind and kept as a as a next gen game it feels like this was a rush to get out in in time for holidays and maybe they should have worked on it a little longer before releasing it i'm not like super knowledgeable i guess about how the development process is but this seems like something that like you know the dlc characters are are going to be coming out over time yeah well they're gonna have to keep making them accessible for ps4 and uh uh, xbox one x users as well as next gen so it kind of seems like they've put themselves in a in a situation here i mean yeah because if you really think about it a lot of games that are being delayed right now are being delayed solely not because of the struggles for next gen hardware is because they're trying to put it out for current gen as well and i feel like once you really do use the five like the like demo kits and all that they gave them like this is basically what it's going to run on i think it is like a struggle to really try to make both games mirrored where they're similar but you know that we all know that next gen hardware is like far superior than our current gen hardware yeah, it's like, look at Cyberpunk. It's coming out for five platforms when it really only needed to probably come out for three. Yeah. Same thing goes... Like, I get that you... For something like Ubisoft, I get that you don't want to alienate the current-gen audience. But then again, I don't think Watch Dogs would have any problem kind of playing at least at a, you know, a good 30 frames, 1080, on, on a PS4. But for something like Cyberpunk or, you know, this Avengers game, they're very ambitious projects. Maybe, and I, again, I'm not an expert on this. This is just surmises and guesses here, but maybe shifting focus to, it it just seems like these games are being rushed to meet the deadline. Yeah. It's what it looks like to me. I, I can't speak on behalf of the development plans and, but yeah the avengers game is just you know <laughs> i just feel like a lot of things are rushed and i think that's the whole point that you shouldn't rush uh what was it uh sugar me said a delayed game will will eventually be good but a, uh, a rush game will forever be bad it's like yeah and you know i love nintendo because they'll never rush the game they will always make sure that they give the development team enough time to work on it perfect it yeah and even if the game isn't as fun or what not what you were expecting to be you'll know that it wasn't you know rushed if they i mean yoshi's crafted world had to be delayed a few times i think and animal crossing had to be delayed it was supposed to come out last year i think i mean it was the new metro prime was completely just like like toward basically they were working on it it wasn't going the way they wanted to so they're like you know what let's just get a different studio start from the bottom again and just redo everything well yeah they brought back retro studios because they know that retro studios knows how to make a metroid prime game makes you wonder why they didn't do that in the first place but i'm not judging (laughs) before we get even more off track let's go back to what we were discussing but yeah uh avengers that really does but i mean it really does suck that a lot of deals i just i think it just sucks in general dlc is delayed for no particularly good reason because 
you can't delay something and then release it and it's still as bad. So it's like, how was this? I mean, it's bad now. How was it before they delayed it? So the the player base is going down. I think we talked about this a little last week, but the, the they need to bring the player base back in. I I I happen to think this is a really good, like the foundation of this game is really good. And I say this every time I bring up the Avengers game. I really like how it plays and the characters and all that. I just people are starved for content. And that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a brand new Stadia game releasing this week, or at least the demo or beta of it. Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle. It's like Bomberman 64, but it's like Pac-Man. So it's a Pac-Man Battle Royale. It looks really cool. Did you catch the trailer for this? No, is this is it Stadia only? Well, the trailer said first on Stadia, I oh, think. Okay. So there's hope that this comes to other consoles because it looks really cool, actually. Um, everyone has their own little like Pac-Man board, and I think like there's cosmetics for Pac-Man, and so you can put like hats on them and stuff. And I, you know, I skimmed through the trailer a little just to kind of get a feel for it. It looks like a lot of fun and something that should hopefully be coming to to next gen consoles. It's is it 3d is it like a whole 3d pac-man or is it like pixel arcade style pac-man it's it's got a new art style um it kind of reminds me of pac-man arrangement which was like a 2.5 it, it's like it's a 2d game but the character models are like 3d it kind of reminds me of that it's very it's very pretty the the pac-man mega tunnel battle but i don't have stadia so i guess i'm stuck playing the waiting game uh i mean hopefully we get another pac-man what was it pac-man adventure what was the platformer one called? it was adventure right pac-man world or, or something? Pac- something like that i think there was one 3d adventure game there was like a there was like a pac-man game i had on the gamecube it might have been miss pac-man but it was like a 3d like action platformer it was weird I'm, I'll find it, but the one I'm thinking of is probably the SNES version, Pac-Man Adventure 2, where it was like oh, a point-and-click. Oh, like point pac, and click. pac World? It was like, yeah, you know, it was like a point-and-click adventure game. They have a stage for it on Smash Bros. Oh, is it? Right? Yeah, pac, Pac-Land. Pac-Land, there we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah, where he, he kind of just walks through, and it's the stage on Smash Bros. I've never played that. Uh, I remember I bought one of them for like the ps2 i think it was supposed to be like the third one but they gave me like the second one ah i didn't notice it i, I didn't buy it i think it was my brother I, I didn't notice it at the time so that looks cool um hey i guess amazon luna started it might have been beta again but i guess it started okay. and um that's another one of our little cloud-based gaming stream service things i guess they're trying to compete with uh, Stadia probably, and I guess Control is going to be on it, I think, but Sonic Mania is on Amazon Luna, and, you know, I loves me some Sonic Mania. I'm, it's, it's just like I said, I don't think, we discussed before, I don't think it's a whole premise of like, oh, this is going to kill off physical gaming, it's like, no, consoles will still be around. It's just, it's for those people that may not want a full console in their entertainment center they like to keep it clean they don't want to have the hassle of going to the store buying a game or this and that if it's readily available right there as a service i feel like yeah it should give to those people but it's something that they shouldn't try to make it as like 
the new normal such as like oh yeah consoles are a dead thing this is what you should go for it's like no it should just be one of those things where like obviously some people like me i like to buy all my media physical like i like buying my blu-rays and all my games as much as you do buying your switches physical yeah i it's just it's just like but it's nice to have the option there because sometimes i do use a streaming service because it's just like well it's just easier just to have it on a phone when you're going it instead of taking a whole like dvd player with you wherever you go it's just yeah. easy to have it on your phone or tablet there's just all kinds of you know latency issues and everything um i guess the real test of streaming and just to move it away from you know stadia and luna here the ps5 which we're getting is able to connect to the higher speed wi-fi mm-hmm. so i'm hoping at some point to try out ps now again because when i tried it a couple months ago on the ps4 um the ps3 games were running very well but the input lag and latency was kind of bad so i'm hoping that our consoles will be able to stream games better um but for something like stadia or or luna you know it, it all depends on either the mobile signal or if you're using an ethernet connection or something like that and then you still might experience some lag i haven't personally tried it but you know it's common sense that things like this might not work as well just yet um yeah i've the really thing about it like people may think like how come things aren't just like online tournaments anymore it's because it's a whole lag input they don't want lag or inputs to be off because obviously people are going to complain people are going to do this and that that's why they stick to the whole play it on the console it's native plus I, sometimes they don't even like allow wireless controls you have to plug it in because they don't this is like people don't want that lag because they know if they miss a certain input or a certain split second of a decision to press a certain button it's like well you kind of lost the fight because you know these people are pros they play for days so people don't want input lags and i feel like with the whole ps3 scenario with now it's like yeah like it it's like yes ps3 is somewhat there but it's really not because the whole input lag would probably kill the mood of it like you press a button and then your character does it a split sec like like maybe half a second later so it's like you want it to be on point and it's discussing on ps3 we have to have that discussion of what games we wish were re-released for this current gen and for five from the ps3 era that's a whole different discussion but i will get to that one i really hope there i guess like i said amazon's a big company hopefully they can get on it where there's no weird like glitches or quality issues with the video and there's no like big input lags with the controller to the screen because that would just i don't know when you're playing story based i guess it doesn't matter but if you're playing a competitive like first person shooter or rpg or anything of that nature it's like it's gonna kind of bother you that you're having such bad inputs yeah all right a couple quick pieces of news here um borderlands 3 has revealed all its new skill trees um so you have flax of course which is the trapper tree uh, a shield based tree with a pet that is a loader bot um amara will have the phase flare um action skill with the enlightened force tree so this looks like cryo based you know ice damage tree um there will be moses mother bear tree where the mech is replaced with a tiny iron bear called the iron cub 
Um, so this is the little buddy that helps kind of like Flax pets, I guess. Imagine us running two, uh, two pet-based characters now. And then um, Zane's new tree is called the Professional. And that's like a, a shoulder cannon almost called the Mantis. M-N-T-I-S. And it's got things like grappling hooks so you can pull enemies closer and all that. So just a quick glance at it. If you There's footage of it online. And there's also footage of another Gearbox online uh, game online, uh, Godfall, where I haven't fully looked at the details yet, cause kind of because I'm trying to stay spoiler free on Godfall. Mm-hmm. But it looks like there's a they revealed how you progress your loot in the game and how they want to make sure that all your cool looking stuff will also be useful, so you can kind of build your character around looking cool and being strong. And I guess there's like 125 weapons or something like that, so. I'm really looking forward to this one in particular because these screenshots that I'm looking at for Godfall just make it look like, put it this way, they showed a little brief snippet back at Gamescom, I think, and the armor looked like a common Rider, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is pretty much the coolest looking armor I've ever seen, so I'm excited for Godfall. Uh, I mean, I get what you mean by the whole, like, uh... What is it? The whole spoilers? Because from what I've heard, my friend told me that to not look up like Spider-Man Miles Morales stuff right now because I guess they're just like big spoiling it. It's like Ooh. they're not even like trying to hide it. They're just like, oh, here's spoilers. So it's like, I, only thing that I know is that you have a certain companion. I don't know if it's a spoiler. I know some people may not. Want oh to know yeah, about it. I, I know about yeah, the companion. The companion, but I won't spoil it because I know people really do want to play this game, and I think the worst thing, the worst thing more than anything in this world for me is when someone just spoils something it's like i didn't ask for this why did you tell me about it like if obviously i'm searching for it that's my decision but for someone to think they have like oh i'm just gonna spoil it for everyone else it's like that kind of sucks because like well i i have moments where i see spoilers and i'm just like well i don't even want to bother watching that show or watching that movie or playing that certain part of the game i'm like i already been spoiled with it that that's how I feel about some things. And and speaking of that, the the Pokemon uh, Crown Tundra, the second DLC for it, came out today. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten the chance to play it yet, um, but I'll be playing it after after the after we record. Um, leaks for that have been coming in all week, and they have some Pokemon in there that I didn't necessarily want to be spoiled on. Mm. So. Um, and just to smoothly transition into that, because that was our next news story here. You know, where's Bellsprout? Bellsprout's, like, to think that they've had two DLCs where they add new Pokemon and all the Gen 1 Pokemon aren't in, where's Bellsprout? I have a shiny Bellsprout in Let's Go Pikachu that is going to be stuck on Pokemon Home because they haven't added Bellsprout, of all things, to Pokemon Shield. Sword and Shield. Oh well, yeah, Sword yeah. and Shield. You have Shield, but... Yeah, I have Shield. What's the difference between Sword and Shield? Uh, just some version exclusive. It's, it's the same thing with Pokemon. You, it's like you capture the box legendary in one of them, and then there's like 20 or so Pokemon that are exclusive, but you can trade them over. But uh, no Bellsprout. I have a golden Bellsprout in Pokemon Home that it just needs to get onto Sword and Shield, and, and there's still not... Bellsprout. You know Which Bellsprout, was... the little flower-looking thing from the is, first set of is Pokemon? Is the blue one? No, no, it's yellow. Oh, it's it, ye- it looks like oh. a little flower. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
So it's part of the original 151? Yes, and you'd think those would be the priority to put on Sword and Shield. I mean, everyone knows that uh, your childhood or flashbacks or retro stuff will always sell, no matter what. They can tug at your whole childhood, like, original 151, of course it's going to sell. Because, I mean, one, I preferably say I like the original 151. I yeah. really don't care onwards. I but don't get me wrong. There's still some, there's still some cool ones after. But I think the one fifty ones were solid from the start. But look at this. They've got Relicanth, a like fish Pokemon. That's like there's not too much like remarkable features about it, and it's kind of like whatever. But no Bellsprout. Do they have Bidoof? Actually, I don't think they added Bidoof. Alright, I'm not... I, 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 I See, that's where I draw the line. They added all the legendaries, literally, all of them, and the Ultra Beasts, but you're missing staples like Bidoof and, you know, Bellsprout. And normally I wouldn't fight for Bellsprout so hard, but I have a shiny Bellsprout, and I want it in my game because I have like 30 shinies. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know, it just, it does suck when, imagine if you're playing, it, it, I mean, it is like Yu-Gi-Oh! where in real life you can't use your card if it's at a certain age, you have yeah. to new it up, so it's kind of like that where like, oh man, like, you have this card that's been there for a while, but, you know, I can't use it in a tournament because it's a certain age or it's a certain uh, quality, because compared to Pokemon, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh! cards have to be in top quality because... They make plenty of those, so if it's not mint condition, it's basically... I don't say it's, it's worthless, but it won't be is what you expect for top dollar price. Yeah. So, there's that. Two more little bits of news here. Uncharted movie is coming, and they showed what Tom Holland, you know, Spider-Man, uh, will look like as Nathan Drake in a first-look photo. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I saw it. I, I saw mean, it I, can, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. But still, seems awfully young to be playing Nathan Drake, but we'll see. It'll probably be good. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've seen it. It's, I just, I don't know. The only movie based on a video game that broke the curse was Sonic. I think everyone can no, agree that. No, no, so- no, Detective Pikachu. I've heard some, I mean, I've heard here, things here about it. It was really good. I mean, but you like the, like, I don't know. I, I mean, you like all of Star Wars, but I know some people hate some Star Wars movies. Yeah. So Well, I, not everybody can like everything. I know. It's like, I don't think you're that picky. You're just kind of like, if it's entertaining, it's like, I don't care what it is as long as it's fun for me. I don't care. Yeah. But I know some people, dis, like, I think Sonic is the only one where, I guess, the majority agree that it's like, it's a solid 70 I mean, some people probably gave an 80, but it's a solid, like, 70. So it's probably the highest-ranking one there. I don't know. How do you think about the whole... I still want to see it. How do you think about the whole video game movie, like, uh, video games turn into movies? Well, I think that the real test here would be seeing this Uncharted movie. Because, you know, they were talking about doing a Last of Us TV show on HBO. So that would kind of make that, like, movie quality, at least. So I think when you start adapting things that are maybe not your family game series like Pokemon or Sonic, then that's where the real kind of test starts. They're doing Monster Hunter this December, 
and I think that the CGI for it looks pretty decent. I know they showed Diablos and like Rathalos and all that, so I think Monster Hunter might be that first look at is there hope for video game movies going forward, and then we can kind of base assumptions on that. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. There's I, been some I, bad video game movies. Yeah, there's, there's been some bad ones. There's been some bad ones. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, things don't last forever. Maybe this whole curse of video games turning movies, you know, thing will break and we'll finally get some good adaptations of games turning into movies. It reminds me TV of shows. another curse that needs to break. Oh, that won't break for a while, <laughs> but that's another, that's a whole another discussion. But yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I rather have be hopeful for things than just be, you know, a, negative about anything i I, i'm hoping that this would be a good movie but you also have to realize that it's possible it could be bad but i i'm on the ship of i hope everything's just good eventually yeah never hope that anything's bad yeah i never want to i don't ever want anything to fail or to lose or be bad i always hope that things are good because it does suck when you have hope for something and it sucks but i think i've grown to it where if it's bad it's bad but you know i can't have that image of that negative to the next project because What's the point of that? Yeah. Alright. Last little bit of news. Today's big news. Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon is getting released in the US for the first time. This is the NES Classic original Fire Emblem game. It's coming out in December, I believe, for $6 on the eShop. But they've got a, like a special physical edition that comes with like a replica cart and box and instruction book and art book and like a Nintendo Power poster for um, Fire Emblem. Um, I'll probably get it because it's only six bucks. But I think like after buying three Fire Emblem games on the 3DS and then one on the Switch, I feel like I'm going to need to take the hint at some point that it's just not for me. The whole turn turn based grid based tactics games just doesn't seem to cut it for me but you know it's got its fans and it's exciting to have something that's been that hasn't been localized to ever kind of come here uh, fire emblems is that game series where it's been there for years but it's only gotten popular because of smash bros i mean i can't really say you can't like deny that because like no one knew these fire emblems until like it hit like melee a, and a all lot that. of popularity yeah sure. yeah and so now they're localizing a lot of these fire emblem games so I know people may be sick and tired of hearing it, but these games are probably years old, and it's just that we're finally getting them. It's not that these are new games that they're pumping out each year. They're not making these games. Like, they made them, but they're not every week they have a new Fire Emblem. These are just games that were never released, so, like, okay, now that we have an audience in certain areas, North, you know, North America and all that, now they can probably release these games and actually make it, instead of trying to really struggle to release it when it first initially came out and being kind of like weirded out because it's not i guess what they think it is you know it's a it's yeah. a, it is a japanese game so it has different themes and different styles that maybe western people may not like but i think we've tend to grow different from that whole like i guess the 90s and early 2000s were kind of more accepting yeah now fire emblem is a huge part of most nintendo fans like repertoire of games yeah so it's like it's it's different now yeah, and you know, this game has technically been released in the US as a as a remake for the DS Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, but this is our first time getting a localized version of the original. I'll buy it as it's I'm I'm into the whole archival piece aspect of it as I am with a lot of games like 
I own the Sega Genesis collection disc. Why well, on the digital? It has like the 30 games on it. Stuff like that. As SNES Online app. Yeah. I just don't know why they wouldn't add it to that. But Oh, I know why. It's because it's only available to March 31st. Just like Super Mario 35 and the Mario 3D All-Stars collection. But see, Mario All-Stars, what I don't get is they're taking it off the digital market as well. I don't get that. Like, I get if it's like they don't want to do a physical run. Okay, they don't want to do a physical run. But also the digital market, that's something I still don't get. I mean, I'll probably well, pick yeah. it up soon because it's till March 31st. But it would just suck because these games are going to be now hard to find for people who may be fans later. And, oh, that's so cool that they re-release it. But obviously it's not being made anymore. Or people that just are in a bad situation right now and then obviously can't get it at the yeah. moment. And then it just ends for them. So it's like it does really suck for them. This whole March 31st fiscal year ending thing is odd. We'll see what we'll see what comes out of it. I mean, they were supposed to take the jump rope challenge off the eShop, and they said, "Oh no, we're not gonna." So maybe the maybe on March thirtieth they'll be like, "Oh, you know what? We're gonna keep this stuff on." We'll have to see. We'll see. All right. So before we get into some spooky good games, we have a Nintendo Direct rumor. It's for a little game called <clears throat> Knuckles Sandopolis, and it says here. All right, here we go. It's Knuckles and Sandopolis. It's time to start the show. Haunted caves full of ghosts. It's another Knuckles game, and he's doing the most. A spiritual successor to Shadow the Hedgehog, exclusively on Switch. Yeah, you heard me right. This ain't some kind of glitch. Over 30 haunted levels for you to explore. Branching paths like you've never seen locked behind a creepy door. Vicious ghouls and ghosts prowl the caves at night, but your main man Knuckles is always ready for a fight. Five different weapons with tons of skills for each. The perfect chaos power is within Knuckles' reach. Gameplay loop sounds like slash bash loop. And guess what? There's a full-fledged online mode to boot. Ancient spirits of evil, you better beware because Knuckles is approaching and it's hard for him to care. He does what he wants and he does what he needs. And since the game's rated E, the enemies don't bleed. Move along, Luigi. A new Halloween icon is here. Step aside, Arthur. This is Knuckles' year. Oh, did I mention? A few last things. An unlockable second character who collects rings. And on top of that, Sega's doing the most in a big bonus mode where you can raise your own ghost. Battle others online and see who's best. One ghost on top and down with the rest. Knuckle Sandopolis, a game so sweet that at one point you go to Pumpkin Hill and sense it in your feet. That's a pretty elaborate rumor, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, so- I mean, we have. I mean, it's a, it's a spiritual it's a spiritual sequel to Shadows. I mean, everyone loves Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, I'm assuming one of the weapons will probably be a gun similar to the one Shadow uses in Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> I'm a fan of branching paths because Shadow the Hedgehog literally had like over 300 ways you could go through the game, and each time you went through the game in a different way, it would give you a new version of the story with a completely different title as if it was a completely different story. It's I know this the, because I have the guide. It's with the knuckles reach. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm completely done with that moment. <laughs> with the knuckles reach. I'm done. I can't. I told you it was the silly Halloween episode. I, I knew this rumor would, would, be a, would be a good one. Oh, that's a that's amazing. I hope they get the same guy to do the soundtrack for this one as they did for Sonic Adventure 2. If, you know. Honestly, 
if people don't get this whole Switch rumor, you have to listen to the Sonic event, uh, Adventures 1 and yes, 2. Yes, if you, if you don't know Knuckles what we're themes. kind of making uh, light of here, it's the really actually great Knuckles songs from Sonic Adventure 2. So he has four levels and each one... I forget the guy's name, but man, they're really good for some video game songs, oh, aren't man. they? It's, a, it's like Pumpkin Hill... <laughs> Pumpkin oh. Hill, Meteor, Meteor Herd, um, Aquatic Mine, and Wild Canyon. They have to. I'm just saying it. Look those up because oh, that was that was so good. Yeah, that was great. But uh, I mean, not only that, but you get. I guess it's somewhat like it's 3D Sonic with some adventure, but it's also keeping ties in with the original Sonic. You have your, you know, your buddy with you. You know, like Tails. You have yeah. a buddy with you. Whew. All right. We were going to talk about a little bit of Fall Guys, but I think we're going to save that for later, um, a later Mm -hmm. episode, because we're still working our way through Season 2. Before we get to our mansion-based games, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Ghost of Tsushima Legends while it's fresh. Uh Uh-huh. This is the multiplayer mode for Ghost of Tsushima that uh, Sucker Punch was talking about a couple months back. It's it's out, Mm -hmm. it's free, and it is amazing. Um premise would be take the gameplay of ghost of tsushima put it this way it's ghost of tsushima destiny strikes and okay. you go through nine levels with three chapters in each they take 15 to 15 to like 25 minutes to complete there's three tiers of difficulty per stage there's a survival mode as well where you've got three tiers of difficulty each has more rounds more waves stronger enemies etc um, your story missions will have bonus objectives and you'll get gear and loot no microtransactions so all the cosmetics are unlocked by playing which is something awesome like borderlands does four different classes there's the samurai there's hunter who primarily uses bows uh there is the ronin who's like a support character and then there's the assassin who seems to, I haven't unlocked the hunter yet, but the assassin I haven't played as yet seems to be more stealth oriented. And, you know, you just go in with two people for the story, you and another person, handle some enemies, do some bonus objectives, get more loot, and keep making your character look cooler and cooler. Like, my character's helmet at this point is so elaborate and fancy that, like, it's unbelievable how cool my guy looks. Um, and there's going to be a raid, um, over three chapters. And I think the raid is four players like the survival is, but man, it's just like, what is it about other games that have the same gameplay style and gameplay loop? But this is the most fun I've had with a game like this. I guess the best I could put is just, I guess the team that's behind it. I can't yeah. really say, like, if it's the same ingredient, I guess it's like, as a chef, it's like, think about it like this, if it's a chef, and it's the same ingredients and the same instructions, but one chef obviously makes it terrible, and obviously one chef makes it good, it's not on the food, it's on the chef, it's obviously whatever they can do with it and make it work. I guess that's the best way you can put it as, like, obviously one person yeah. may not be as skilled as another person, and one person may even... I guess with some chefs, I guess examples like maybe the developers just go by the books, but maybe some developers see an opportunity that'd be like, oh, what if we add this to it and make this work with that and then just kind of mix it around and make it a bit better and things that you wouldn't think of to add to it. Yeah, it's just, 
it's such a simple formula the the loot based grind formula that i think really got popular with destiny but i'm i'm thinking you're right because the gameplay of ghost of tsushima lends itself so well to this style that you know this is a small it's not a game as a service or anything mode but it's a small little add-on that they gave to us for free and i swear i've put at least 10 to 12 hours on it already and i'm not bored i've only been using one class so there's still three other classes to try and the cosmetics that and vanity items that they have for this are cooler than one anything that was in the campaign even though some of them are from the campaign but they're just way cool like there's masks for the assassin that look like you know marble carved heads like like a quintessence from transformers or something like that and oh man <laughs> i can't get over how cool it is for I free mean, too it's, it was that's free. what i was gonna say it's free it's not the stuff that you have to buy it's not a, like an early access season pass it's free it just came with the game yeah i mean ghost of tsushima is one of those rare cases where you'd think we're oversaturated with open world games and then something comes along to just make it such a joy and to to have them conquer both the open world genre and now the looter shooter genre to have sucker punch completely dominate in how they've executed this game is like i can't believe i cannot believe it i'm I'm almost at a loss for words for how good this free mode is I mean, how long has Sucker Punch has been in the game for a while now, right? They've been making yeah, games for Yeah, Sly years. Cooper, Infamous. Oh, yeah, they've been making games for a long time Ghost. now. Yeah. I think I think they know what they're doing. Yeah, it's... I mean, regardless of how people change and, you know, people may leave and come and go, I just think the premise and the ideas are still there. So, yeah. obviously, they learn from their mistakes and they learn from their success and all that stuff. I think that this was a good last game for the for a good last first party game for the ps4 i think this fully shows what both the console and the developers are, are capable of i mean that game is so good it has like it has like no low time yeah and game boost mode is going to change that to where it's like it's got like literally zero loading time i mean i know there's people that advocate the whole like man if we only had one more year with ps4 and all these like since they figured out how it worked and we got like yeah ghosts, it is a good argument but i'm still i'm still like no i want i want the next gen hardware now like well yeah as as somebody who as the consumer of games yeah the next big thing is always like a desire so that's ghost of tsushima legends it's free if you have ghost of tsushima and uh, i'll recommend that game every chance i can get so with that out of the way this week we're talking about mansion based games so i'm gonna talk about luigi's mansion specifically luigi's mansion 3 and you are gonna be telling us about uh a more of an obscure little game for the ps2 um disney's the haunted mansion game <laughs> uh you like to go first or do you want me to go first yeah i'll go first because i'm interested in learning about the haunted mansion game so i'll just kind of touch upon luigi's mansion 3 a little um so this game came out on halloween last year like literally day and date halloween they they did a thursday release for it 
Um, it's the third game in the series. The first was on GameCube and remade for the 3DS. The second one, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, was on the 3DS. Really good game. Um, but I think this one was the best. So the whole premise for this game is that Luigi, he and Mario and Peach, they go to a hotel. So it's not really necessarily a mansion this time. It's more of a hotel. Um, it's got... I think around 15 or 16 floors. I could be wrong on the number. It's been a while since I played it. But, um, so Mario and Peach are captured by ghosts, and it, you know, it's obviously King Boo is behind everything, as he is in the Luigi's Mansion game. But the cool thing about this game is that you've, you've played the original, right? No. I didn't own it. Or game you've game. at least seen? I've seen, I've seen the original. So, you know how, like, thematically it's kind of samey? Like, you'd have the mansion and it's kind of a consistent theme through the whole thing. Yeah. And then in Luigi's Mansion for the 3DS, the the second one, they had, I believe, four different mansions and they were all kind of themed. This one does a cool thing where they take advantage of having so many hotel floors in the skyscraper and making each floor kind of its own themed dungeon. So you've got a floor based on a garden. You've got a floor that is um, like Medieval Times, the the show and restaurant Medieval Times. Literally, there's a floor like that. Um, <laughs> you have a, a floor that's like a, a history museum. So there's like pyramids and there's like a T-Rex that you fight and everything. Um, there's a floor that's a dance hall where you fight against a boss who's like a dj and they're playing music the whole time there's there's this there's a lot of stages in this game and they're all unique and different each level i would say is a different world as instead of obviously going as traditional different worlds can you go back to different rooms yeah and actually that's one of the downsides here it's not a downside that you can go back because there's a lot of collectibles, gems, and like coins, obviously, to collect. But your main reason for going back is to chase the Polter Kitty, who's okay. a ghost cat that you kind of have to find on other floors. And, you know, that kind of slows the game down a little. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that slows it down a little is this, this like, basement level where you're kind of having to use water to help you solve some of the puzzles and the boss is kind of odd you're on like a like a floaty ring and you've got to like kind of control luigi backwards to kind of beat this boss so those those are really the only the, the only low points i would say uh, i would say i say a high point is gooigi yeah i was gonna get to gooigi because <laughs> professor egad gives you gooigi in this and um Gooigi helps you solve puzzles again and you know since he's goo and everything he can sink through the floor if there's like a vent or he can go through gates push himself through gates to help you solve puzzles so like there's there's a lot of I wouldn't say any of them are necessarily tricky and that's okay because if it was tricky you'd just be turning into a Zelda game the puzzles thematically go with the levels Gooigi's really cool um you have like a a virtual boy Mm-hmm. that luigi has that helps oh him get so into he contact. has a, is that not a game boy anymore it's a virtual boy yeah i think it was a game boy in the original and in the ds it might have been a game boy advance but i'm not entirely sure when they're gonna use um, the power glove 
Hmm. Maybe in the fourth game for the Switch Pro. <laughs> or or the the Philips CDI that obscured like Nintendo license game that they put. Oh like, yeah, hotel. So I was thinking of Hotel Mario. He said it's a hotel. It's like oh, this is Hotel Mario then. Yeah, they'd have to come up with the scary pun for it because I think the Virtual Boy was called the Virtual Boo, but I'm not uh. too sure on that because it's been a long time since I played. Um. So yeah, the game is a delight. It's really graphically it's one of the best looking games on the switch maybe even this gen and i think it owes a lot to reflections and and the like like it's got a very nice current if not next gen look to it Mm -hmm. especially for the switch the final boss was i and the story was pretty good i don't think you want to spoil it too much for me because this is still a new game for people Cause I I don't like I said I don't like spoiling nothing so it's like I don't I mean, think you're trying to spoil it. It's not who the final boss is because it's pretty easy to guess, but the fight itself is eh, probably a lower point for me, mm. as most final bosses in games like this tend to be. But overall, it's just a really cool, fun, um, single player like story with lots of silly moments the ghosts in this one are a little more silly than they were in the first two they've got a lot of personality it's like your casper of it's like the casper of of nintendo now there's a multiplayer mode called the scarescraper and they made like two add-on packs for it but you know i didn't really like it Mm. it feels like something you have to be really coordinated with your team and if you're downed by something you either have to wait like forever or you have to have somebody come and rescue you. And I don't think when I played it, you know, last Halloween that people were too big into the multiplayer uh, at that point to know what to do. So, you know, treat this as a single player game. If if you can find people to play the multiplayer with, that's cool too. And, and, and know that there's two DLC packs they did for it. But this gives me hope that the series will continue to grow from this because this whole thing where each floor was a different world as we say was a really cool idea i just thought the game was very good for 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 a luigi's mansion game they're usually good but man this was a cut above so that's my piece on i just thought of it this is the fourth game in the series you have what was the third they have the original the yeah. moon from or the one the one called dark moon? dark moon and the arcade machine i forgot about that oh i forgot about the arcade yeah, machine too i, 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 I never got to try I it that. i played it you played it yeah, yeah really i've fun. seen one i've seen one in person but i never got to try it i don't is i think the arcade is older right or is that one newer because i know it, it came out it the came out after the one. second one i think it okay, came out yeah. like in the last five years i want to say and i just realized that this is technically the fourth one in the series it's fun, right? I've heard it's pretty fun. It's really fun. Uh, you go around, choose your path, uh, and you like suck up all the ghosts in your vacuum machine and all that. But it's pretty hard. Obviously, arcade games are hard because they just want to eat up your quarters. They want you to be like, oh, put in two more quarters to keep playing the game, you know? But it's hard, and I think I've come to the conclusion that you can't make it on like two quarters in a single game because the whole premise is just to eat up quarters. But, I mean... If, if you have the arcade machine and you can actually change the difficulty, that'd be pretty fun because then you could just play as long as you want without the whole premise of putting in a quarter. Yeah. It always looked like a lot of fun, but I never got to try it. I'm pretty sure I passed by one 
in in at least one place I've been to. But I know I've played it on like uh, I played the one I played was it was in L.A. I think it was uh the pier. I think it was. I think it was on. Uh, I think that's where I passed by it. Yeah, there's one there. I know Dave and Buster's have have a couple. Yeah. But I think Chuck E. Cheese might have it. I'm maybe thinking mm. of the Jurassic Park arcade game, but they're here and there. Hopefully, they're not those games where you miss the opportunity because, I mean, Moon did come out not that long ago, Dark Moon. So hopefully, yeah. there's still a, a a couple here and there for you to try before maybe they retire it. Yeah. And I, I know they had, like, the Mario Kart arcade games. So the arcade games that they come out with some of these things seem like they're, you know, worth tracking down if you're into that scene or if you happen to pass by one, maybe give it a shot because you don't know if you ever get the chance to do that again. It's not like arcades are common. No, they're not common at all. You have to go to special places, and at the same time, they always update them with the newest stuff. So if you see a game there, don't hesitate. I just say go for it, try it, because... Next time you never know, they could retire it that same week and then it's gone. Yep. So, Luigi's Mansion 3, solid, would recommend, spooky times, play it on Halloween, it's a lot of fun, and it's family friendly, because, you know, that's what these Nintendo games are all about. Tell me about Haunted Mansion for PS2. Okay, so, a game I'm talking about, Haunted Mansion. This is... 2003 uh the movie the haunted mansion came out based on the ride from disneyland uh starring annie murphy uh i saw it the day it came out did you see it when it came out uh i didn't but i saw it during one of my classes it might have been i think i was in grade school at the time can't and i saw it like the dvd or something okay but I I saw I it was earliest memories I was like four maybe but I remember watching it uh with like my siblings and all that so I even to this day I I enjoy the movie I know some people don't like it but it's one of those movies where like hey I watched when I was little and I still watch it this day because I enjoy it. I like the theme I like the setting I like the characters I like Eddie Murphy who doesn't like Eddie Murphy yeah I I, I think I need to give it a rewatch you know like this month having yeah. not seen it in years because you know i was a very little kid when i saw it and you know it might be worth revisiting i like eddie murphy too it has like a really scary moment i'm surprised got into the movie it's if you know what it is it's the the mirror scene if you obviously know what it is you know what it is uh if you don't it's really scary even as a kid i was like oh this is this is real scary it has some really cool moments but that's just the movie we're talking about the game here um so going to the store and you see a copy of the haunted mansion for ps2 and it 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 just has the mansion it has like ghosts around it and it doesn't necessarily say what it is you think oh it's it came out with the movie it's gonna be a tie-in with the movie so you're gonna play as like eddie murphy or something actually no the game uh takes place in the 1800s i believe like 1880s uh and you play as a caretaker named ezekiel but he goes by the name zeke and um after his uh father fought in the war and then his mother disappeared after his father's uh passing during the war uh they, he becomes an orphan he he gets taken and caretakers in there and then obviously he becomes older he's a man and then he's like okay i'll go find a job 
there's an advertisement in the paper saying, you know, caretaker needed at a mansion in the bayous of New Orleans. Goes there, checks it out. Turns out that seven friendly ghosts come up and greet him, but obviously freaks him out. Passes out. They take him to Amanda Leota, one of the characters from the ride and also in the movie. And tells him that there's a evil, uh, I guess an evil brotherhood by the, or I think it's called like the Order of Shadows. And they basically have taken siege of the mansion. They've taken all the friendly ghosts and they turn them evil. All the friendly ghosts are either hiding or they're working under the spells for the uh, shadows of the brotherhood or all that. And uh, I believe the main villain, I'm trying to remember his name, uh, is slipping my mind. But I forget his name, but basically he's the main villain. He's taken over all the good ghosts. And now as you as Ezekiel have to, you know come and save the mansion from the evil shadows and all that good stuff. But you've always think, well, why can't Zeke just, if he doesn't want to fight the ghost, why can't he just leave and run out the front door? Uh, so happens that when he gets there, a storm hits, so he can't leave the mansion. Basically the rose flood. He can't, he can't get out. Uh, He's trapped there. The whole the classic, the classic setup. setup that a storm comes. It's. I think that's even in the movie. I think the reason why they don't leave in the first place is that the roads are flooded, so they can't leave. So now that you're Zeke, you're like, well, I, since I'm here now, I guess I'm a caretaker since I'm hired on the spot. Uh, Madame Leona gives Zeke a lantern, and this lantern holds uh, soul gems. There's these uh, diamond-shaped gems that are different colors. There's seven of them, I think. Uh, yes, there's seven, and then he gets to only keep one of them because Madame Leola gave the other six to friendly ghosts to save and protect from the shadows from taking hold of them. Atticus Thorn. There we go. That's the name of the villain. Atticus uh, Thorn. That's the name of the main villain. And uh, he gets to keep the white stone gem, and it does like a basic like one hit light like damage to like enemies. And you go you go around the mansion, and surprisingly, the mansion's huge, and it's pretty detailed for a 2003 game. For a game like this, you would think, like, oh, it's a movie tie-in. It's probably one of those, like, cheap, like, grabs that, like, oh, it's just, like, simple, and it's, like, short. It's short if you know what you're doing, but if you're barely playing the game, I feel like most games are short when you know what you're doing, because you're like, oh, I know what to do here. This is simple. But... When you're playing it for the first time, it's pretty big because you get the hallways, you get the main entrance, you get the mausoleum, you get the backyard grave, you get the downstairs, you get the upstairs, you get the reading room and the playroom. It's like a really big like mansion. It really is. The Going back to the whole premise of evil spirits and the good spirits turning bad. So when Atticus Thorne takes the spirits, he locks, you know, games, how they have to make you not progress or go straight to the end. Each door is barricaded with an evil magic spell. And the only way to break the spell is if you collect enough uh, good spirits. Or, I guess, the evil spirits turn back into good in your lantern. So, in each level you go to, Ezekiel is afraid of the dark. Because it's a, you know, kid, I guess a, a older kid's game is ready to He's afraid of the dark. And the premise is to turn on the light. Because, you know, the whole saying that ghosts are afraid of light. They hide away in the shadows and all that. So... Uh, each room is, I want to say completely dark, but it is, like, parts where it does get pretty dark and your lantern is, like, an actual, like, way of light to show where you're going. And you turn on the light switch, and the first time it's simple, you just run down the hallway, switch it on, and then collect the ghosts, open the door. 
But right when you open the door, an enemy is shown, and I, I guess you could call him the Reaper. I guess who, the best way to put I don't know if he is, like, death himself. I don't know if he is, but he does have, like, a scythe, and he is, like, a floating monster. He's pretty tall, pretty scary. And he doesn't come till like, the end mm-hmm. of the game. Like, they tease him for a pretty good while until, like, a couple... Until, like, a couple other levels before the ending. That's when they sh- he appears. Hmm. And with this game, the best way I can describe it as, it's an action platformer puzzle solver game. Because each room you go to, and you must turn on the lights. You can't In this game, you can't skip a room. You have to collect every single uh, good soul in every room. You can't just like, mm-hmm. oh, this room's too hard. I'm going to go just a bunch of different other rooms, collecting them souls, and move on to the next world. Like, I think you need to actually collect every single spirit. And it's the same thing as the ride. It's 999 spirits. So the game is like a third-person yeah. platformer. Because I was looking it up, and I was like, is this... It's not like Luigi... It's, like, similar in scope to Luigi's Mansion, yeah. the original. But, like, you're able to jump and everything, whereas in that... Yeah, you're could... able to jump. You're able to lock onto enemies with your lantern. You're able to puzzle solve. I don't think you're able to necessarily grab anything. I don't think they added a whole grab mechanic. But you are able to interact with things in, like, the world, such as, like, a, a turnable wheel. You are... Ezekiel will, like, turn it into you know, a certain direction or turn it all the way, whatever he needs it to. And they get pretty creative with each level. I'm surprised at how well this game is made. And I, I just loved it. It was such a good game. Even like, I was like, like I said, for playing this game, this game was meant for teenagers. I still loved it. There are some scary moments that would frighten a child. Like there's the Banshee that scared me for like years because it's pretty creepy. It is like, a woman floating with long hair covering her face and then she opens up and starts screaming at you and it's like pretty startling as for a child and then like the reaper and then like a couple of like uh i guess a gargoyle a gargoyle is those uh statue things that come to life at night each level is i don't know it's just like you think that it's like oh simple they just turn on the light but examples like once you head to the library you have to actually use the books as platforms. Like, the books will manifest platforms that you actually have to use to progress throughout the uh, map and turn on instruments. So when you get in the room, there's a there's a piano in the center of the room. And you turn it on, and the piano will start playing music. And all of a sudden, the books will start manifesting, like, platforms. And so you use those platforms to progress through the map and get to certain areas to another instrument. And when you hit, when you touch that instrument, it'll start playing as well, and it'll also create platforms. So it's really, it's just really great how they just didn't take the easy route. They actually made each level unique and it's not just the same thing over again. Like there's a level where you have to collect candles, like the candles come off the chandelier and you have to collect them, but they keep running away. So it's kind of like they kept it all within the theme of you being in a mansion. Like this is all like the books turning into platforms that works because this is yeah, a haunted like, mansion. things that you wouldn't think would happen in a mansion this happens in obviously uh this haunted mansion which i'm surprised i don't know how long that mansion's been there because uh when you go to the backyard obviously it's a personal grave site there's graves here and there there's a whole mausoleum and when you go to the mausoleum you fight a gargoyle and you have to sur- it's like a wave round you have to survive a certain amount of time with certain enemies 
and mm-hmm. when you do you actually find a mummy there so it's like it's whole it's you know it's the really light-hearted kid fun but it's like how did a mummy get into new orleans that like and lived in this mansion so is the combat how does the combat so work exactly? the only thing you have to fight against the enemies there's no blocking you can't really block actually what's funny ah. about this game this game taught me how to uh strafe jump you know the whole premise of like shooting and then like yeah. walking and jumping sideways I'm very familiar with that, yes. This game actually teaches how to do that because it basically says you can't really hold the button to defend yourself, but you're supposed to dodge enemies' projectiles. Like, mm-hmm. they're coming at you, trying to hit you. You're supposed to, like, kind of move around. You kind of have to move all the time because if you just stand there, you're kind of kind of get, you know, killed because you're just letting them hit you. You can't really block. So, with the lantern, uh, you start off with the white gemstone. It's a single or burst fire you have to keep repeating the shoot the but uh the trigger button which would be r1 for ps2 and then you get the purple one which is if you hold it it'll make a a stronger charge and a stronger attack then you get orange orange does like a a a wave attack it does like a ripple like it throws a rock it'll shoot it a certain distance and it'll basically make a whole ripple effect and basically enemy any enemy nearby would would get attacked from it and then you can't keep all the gems sadly you can't like switch from like white to purple like i i would think that like i mean it's 2003 they're probably weren't thinking about it but once you get the yellow one it replaces the uh white one it basically becomes a triple shot of the white one then you get a blue one which becomes an even stronger uh blast than the purple one and then you get a red one which is instead of it being a stone, it becomes a, a beacon of light, and the light be- will basically any enemy comes near it will send out electrical shock waves to them. So when you progress throughout the game, you do get different ways of fighting enemies. You can't just keep the same pattern. You do see like okay, I have the blue one and the yellow one this time. I can use the yellow one on like the standard ghost, but I have to use the blue ones on like the stronger armored ghosts, and they can't really be hurt by the yellow one. So they got that whole, like, color coordination, like, you can only use this on a certain enemy. Yeah, basically. Um, okay. A lot of, lot of uh, hack and slash games do that. Yeah, this is this surprising. This, I keep saying it because I am genuinely surprised at how well this game was made. Um, you don't really... And another thing is, like, I know it says you have to collect 999 spirits. You don't really collect 999 spirits. So when you collect the gem you just don't find it it's given to you by a friendly ghost that madame Leola like entrusted with it mm-hmm. and then when you collect it your lantern gets a basically a spirit boost and it'll basically give you a sh- like a whole pack of spirits in the lantern which you can unlock then the next level because you start off in the like in like a weird hallway and then then you start off in the main entrance then you go downstairs the basement area and then you, the last areas is upstairs uh-huh. and then you hit the attic and all that so it does have that whole mansion set up again similar to luigi's mansion where you're kind of going basement upstairs and through all the rooms the music area the library area it's like these mansion games really like it seems like mansions is a good safe thing where you have a good theme so you can create a cohesive narrative or gameplay around that yeah, and then it's like, I mean, I can go on for days of how many levels are. I I guess the, one of the last ones I would do is the trophy room. Okay. And the premise with that one is that in the trophy room, there's a fireplace at the very end of the room. 
and it keeps repeatedly shooting uh, projectile fire. You can't uh, run directly towards the fire because uh, you'll it ta- it does a lot of damage. So obviously you can't just take hits and get to the end. And it sh- actually shoots you back. You can't just run up. It'll push your character back, and then you're like, well, how do I do it? The game obviously provides you a way to do it is with the uh, shields come off from the wall and basically make uh, barriers that it can take the fire hits and it won't get pushed back and you can use them to kind of move around. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you actually use the fire to turn on the uh, candles. You use the fire itself to turn on the candles. And once you turn on the candles, the fire obviously stops. Everything's lit up and then you can collect the spirits and all that. And it sounds like it for, a, for a, I won't call it a movie tie-in because it's not directly a movie tie-in, but a licensed game. I just feel like this is a good case for licensed games to where you can't really knock them because there's been really great ones like this. I always think about something like the Transformers game for the the DS that was like you would not expect something that good from a licensed game. So this kind of reminds me of a situation where you have the license and someone actually went beyond a simple cash grab and made a really great game out of it. I mean, yeah, and surprisingly, like there's a lot of you can't really try out tie-in movie games all those because like another one that i like is like harry potter and the chamber of secrets that's another like ps2 game that was pretty good they don't get ported yeah they don't get ported so it kind of sucks and then i would love to see and i'm i'm strong i would love to see this game remade because it's not just a weird cash grab it's like oh this is genuinely good game that i feel like if they update it it could add the whole idea of, oh, maybe you can actually make your lantern unique and you can add certain powers, you know, here and there. Like, oh, maybe you like the having a single purple blast instead of the dual blue one. So you keep the purple one, but then you like the red power up instead of the orange one. So you use the uh, orange one or you like the weaker white one, but obviously it shoots faster than the triple uh, yellow one. But obviously it will shoot a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. So, my only thing with this game, and I hope someone hears this, I still have my free movie ticket with my oh, copy of the yeah. game. Your game so, copy came with a, a movie ticket to go see Haunted Mansion. Yes. So, when this game came out, and it came out, like I said, it came out during the movie, it came with a free copy for the movie. You basically, it's in the booklet, you take it off, you take it to the movie theater, and it would obviously have to take you know if they take it it will grant you a free ticket to the movie i still have it with my copy of the game so i'm just saying i know the ticket expired but i still want to use that ticket yeah i never got to use it because i think i got the game after i watched the movie so it was like i never really got to use that ticket and it's just sitting there and it's still in the package i never took it out it's still there you gotta, you gotta call uh, Rob Minkoff. Tell him, come on, Rob. I want my, I want to see the Haunted Mansion on the big screen now. Honestly, if they were to just be like, yeah, we'll we'll uphold that thing. I know, like I know it's expired and it probably won't happen, but I would just wish it could happen, because I I do like that movie. I don't care what people say about it. I know there's a remake happening. They announced that like not that long ago. From the creators of, I believe, like the 2016 Ghostbusters are making the new Haunted Mansion. Oh, I did hear that. 
And they've got all those Funko Pops of Haunted Mansion and like t-shirts and stuff now. So it's like there's kind of a big resurgence with that ride franchise. I mean, they added like the hat, the hat box ghost and all that to the ride. I saw it when they first like brought it back. So it was really cool seeing it there. Um, I mean, like I said, I can go hours. I can do, I can probably done a whole episode of this podcast based on that game. But one, I don't want it to be spoiled. I know it's going to be probably hard to find it. I don't think it's hard to find it, but maybe you don't have a PS2. But luckily, this did come out for the GameCube. This did come out for the original Xbox. It's a multi-plat. It's a multi-plat. It's not just a PS2 exclusive. I'm just saying, if you have any of those consoles, snag it up. Because it's, you know, I've seen it in like $5 bins. I've seen it for like $4. Like, it's, it's one of those games where it's not... It's not inexpensive. It's not one of those games where it's rare. You can't find it. No, like if you can find it and you can get it for like five bucks, it's worth a pickup because it's a generally good game. Obviously, with every game, it, 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 there's certain things that don't age well. Like the platforming's kind of wonky here and there. Like he's not as smooth. Like, but like I said, it's because of the limitation of the time. You know, you can't make Ezekiel be smooth and jump really on part with like actual human motion. But that's probably the only negative about it. I would say this is in like my top ten games of all time. Like mm-hmm. I love this game to death. I know you've brought it up tons of times. And like I said, the best way to explain what kind of game it is, it's a action platformer. Uh, I guess you could say it's a shoot 'em up because you are shooting at enemies a lot mm-hmm. of the time. It's a shoot 'em up, I guess you could put it as well. And the enemies are really, really fun and really like unique designs. Like there's a a knight enemy. There's a a ghost that takes the uh, possession of a knight armor, and so it'll like follow you around. There's a, a there's giant obviously there's spiders. It's a mansion from New Orleans. There's giant spiders. There's you know simple ghosts, but then there's like skeletons that rise from the grave and they like throw like their ribs at you. It's like a really fun game. Yeah. They like th- they like have like it was funny is that they have like weird like strands of hair coming out from the back so they still have hair on their on their head and they like they hold on to like their uh casket as a shield and they'll throw the ribs at you and it's like it's really funny but I'm I don't know cuz I don't want to bore people with this whole mansion talk but I I'm just saying if you want to know what's in my top 10 that game is in my top 10 it's not and I played a lot of good games and that's surprising still holds up to this day it's not a game that's like oh it's a forgettable game i want this game remade but what sucks is that the licensing probably won't have it remade but like i said we're living in the day and age where anything is possible maybe if someone in disney hears this maybe someone puts up the word maybe enough fan base and enough of the community writes up like hey this game was actually really fun can you at least re-release it to current platform or at least maybe a remake, maybe a remaster, just make it, you know, HD, you know, a bit clearer. Yeah. I would be fine. I'd even be fine with that. I think this game is perfect the way it is. No matter what you do with it, obviously a remake, that would be the dream. But the way it is, if they just re-release it for current platforms, I would love it in that sense. It would, it would just be enough for me. Hey, man. Shenmue 3 came out, so I guess anything is possible. <laughs> Alrighty. Is that all we got on Haunted Mansion? I mean, like I said, I can go hours, but I don't want to make this podcast like three hours long. <laughs> all right, then. And just to give you a little preview about next week, we said it was going to be, we said it was probably the most popular um, 
survival horror series that there is. Um, so we're going to talk about, a, I would say, a pretty decent handful of that series next week. Um, Do you want to give them at least a hint of what the enemies are, or do you think that'll give too much? No, I'll just... No, no, no. Well, let's just say there's a few remakes in there, and we probably won't be talking about we probably won't be talking about the first one all that much. Yeah, I think that's a good enough hint. I feel like if you were to say what's the actual theme, it it would have been easy, but I think that's a good hint. All right. So I guess with that being said, we as always want to thank you uh, for listening, for your support, um, for checking us out. We are on our Podbean site. We are on Apple. And as of this week, we are officially on Spotify. So there's three different ways you can check us out. You can follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map for any and all updates, episode previews. Um, we might post some random things for every now and then. Um, and, you know, next week we're going to hit double digits in the episodes. It, it's, it doesn't feel like it's already been 10 weeks, but here we are. <laughs> I mean, we're in it for the long run. We're not making like two episodes and then that's it no we're we're really dedicated to this podcast yeah it's it's been in we've been, we've talked about it so long before we actually started recording the episodes that we we have a lot of things planned um and just as a glimpse in November there's gonna be some really cool episodes at the start of the month, so keep listening and the gamekeeper's coming next week so. It's like we always say, at the end of the day, the real Castlevania lament of innocence is the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye.